0: Look forward to retirement and avoid the pitfalls. Keep listening for ways to maximize your retirement income. More than money with the Popovich Carmelli Advisory Group, CIBC Woodgundy, on News Talk 770. down matters. It's more than money. I'm Faisal
1: Carmel, my co-host here, Dave which How you doing? I'm great. How about you? Good. I am good. I am um, excited because we've had a very interesting week of earnings
0: in the markets. Well, more than earnings, really. There was a lot going on this week, right? You had the U.S. Feds guidance. We had we had a ton of interesting trading this week that we it want to talk about. It was fun to
1: see. Yeah. It was fun to see. Yeah,
0: no, it really was, for sure. Um, Tons, of, yeah. Okay, we'll get through that in a minute. But we got a pretty good show. I'm just looking at the lineup today, and you know it's going to be really interesting. There's some changes that uh, that are being made by the Alberta Securities Commission that are going to allow what we just call retail investors, non-accredited investors, access to markets that they haven't had access to before.
1: They're going to be able to self-certify themselves. Right. To have access to investments that they've never had access to before
0: yeah called the exempt market so stick around for that we'll explain what that is and what you get access to that you haven't had access to perhaps in the past and then um... listen we got an aging population maybe calgary's a little younger than some but the canadian population is aging the question is is calgary and are calgary neighborhoods ready for that from the infrastructure the amenities right away when you ask that kind of a question you're going to come out with a no
1: of course we're not Well, Uh, some are not and it's not it's not looking good for some of these there's 204 neighborhoods right. in the city many of them are not prepared nor are they are they already uh in the in the established stage of uh helping individuals age in their communities which well, is that's scary right.
0: and given that people do want to stay in home for as long as possible and this their is community how right. many
1: times have we talked to people that say yeah i want to move but i don't want to move out of my community correct Right, I like where I live. I just right. don't like the house that I have because right, right. it's not ready for my stage of life. Right. So they like their communities, but what if your community isn't age friendly?
0: Not age friendly. So we'll we'll tell you which ones, which the top ten offenders are, in the Defenders. city according to this uh, nice. this study. So nice. stick around for that. Okay. Right.
1: So you've had a very interesting week uh, talking yeah. to people about the markets, uh, presenting a lot of different uh, discussion topics on.
0: What's happening this week? What was the key highlight for you this week on the the markets? Oh, tons of amazing stories. So let's talk about tech earnings as an example, okay? Um, Fantastic, right? These are gigantic companies, Apple, Amazon, Alphabet or Google, right? Blowing out expectations. We're seeing 40 50% growth in revenue Mm -hmm. on these gigantic companies. In most cases, that's translating to the bottom line. Okay. A company like Apple you'd look at had a fantastic re- it was it was fantastic all through. There's a chip problem, right? There's a semiconductor chip shortage, chip shortage. in the world, yeah. not just affecting computers. So we can come back and talk about cars. That was a fat that's a fascinating story, too. But that had an impact on forward guidance. And so what we saw is in this most recent quarter past, fantastic results pretty much across the board there. And these are behemoths of companies to behemoths. actually
1: grow at that rate when you're that size is challenging. Right.
0: right. 90% of companies, forget just tech, 90% of the reporting companies so far have beat expectations. And their
1: forward guidance is looking how? It's looking pretty good. There you go. And that's the key thing that the market is looking at is what's the forward guidance. I understand we're, we're better than we were last year because of where we have been from the pandemic from an economic perspective. But now where where's the guidance going forward is what the market is looking yep. for. and I think this is going to be very interesting. Um, there's been some surprises this week. Let me throw one at you, surprises of some many, many people have, listening to the show have called me up and said, I can't believe how much taxes I'm going to be paying. Right. I'm like, what, what? What do you mean you you can't believe? We made so much money year over year, 2020, that big resurgence <laughs> yep. in the markets. There's been some capital gains. Oh, my God, I'm surprised that I'm paying capital gains tax.
0: Right. I don't want to pay capital gains tax. No,
1: no one wants to pay tax if they don't have to. <laughs>
0: Right. And that's the first part of it. The
1: second part of it is it's a sticker shock when you get that bill at the month of April and you're like, Oh my God, I got to pay so much more. I never had to pay that before. Right. What happened? Right. Um, and why do I have to pay it? Well, there's a realization of gains and, and, and taxes and so forth that we, that people need to be aware of. If your portfolio is growing, and we're speaking specifically outside of any RSP and TFSA. Yes non-registered, yep. non-registered money is what we call it if it is growing and you have not had to pay any taxes on it that means the growth is deferred that doesn't mean it's permanent
0: well not the, the tax is deferred right you're getting the growth so you could see fantastic but growth. the
1: growth is not permanent the Correct. only way Correct. you realize a gain or a loss is if you realize it by selling right so anything else it's a paper gain right. or a paper loss
0: and that's part of the questions i had i had in some of the conversations well did we have to sell and trigger the gain and i said well no we can always hold it and let it go back down and you won't have a gain right we could do well i don't want to do that
1: well there's a discipline in regards to what we do when it comes to crystallizing gains it's not a tax piece the tax rules do not um, do not f- um, guide us on yeah. how we manage money
0: yeah the tax tail does not wag the investment thesis dog perfect right so when it comes to paying
1: tax many many canadians who experience this are saying oh my god i gotta come up with a whole bunch of money right here's one thing that i tell our clients right you don't have to come out of your bank account to do this if the investments made money you've realized a gain, which means you've sold something you have some of that cash put it aside for that that tax right let the investments pay its own tax bill and move forward from that. That way you know you've got an after-tax return going forward, Right. because you've paid the tax through the account, and that makes your accounting simple, especially when you're retired and you're on certain types of cash flows. All of a sudden you get this 30, 40, $50,000 tax bill because we did so well in the portfolio. How the heck am I gonna pay for that? I gotta come up with money. This is the strategy you need to have that conversation with your advisor. If you're experiencing it. Right. If you have not experienced that in your non-registered account and the performance has done well, meaning greater than 20%. Well, be prepared that there is no gain until you sell, and that gain is at risk of a loss.
0: And but and okay, and let's say it doesn't. You've still got the embedded tax to pay. And here's here's the issue: there's a lot of moving parts. This is why we don't let the tax tail wag the dog what happens if you had deferred the game and at some point in the future the government changes the, the capital gains inclusion tax, which we're all nervous about right what would happen then right then you'd end up
1: paying at a higher tax rate in the future
0: right so it's very difficult to never let the tax tail wag the, the investment dog right do make your investments for the right reason if you make money fantastic Right? Fantastic. You'll have to pay some tax at a preferential tax Buy rate. Buy for the right
1: reasons is what you're saying. Correct. Sell for the right Correct. reasons. And those those reasons are not always focused on tax.
0: Correct. Tax is one of the pieces. It's not the piece. Right. Right? It is important, but people have to recognize that taxes change too. So if there were capital gains included in here and you pay tax at a 50% inclusion rate and things changed it's 75%, you know what? You're going to look back and you're going to say, gosh, I'm sure glad I took it at that time. Yeah. Right? So there's a whole bunch of moving pieces. And this is... I wanna focus on, I wanna make sure we focus on doing what's right for the investment. Don't be blind to tax, but make sure you're making the right investment choices.
2: So
1: investment and tax, two important pieces on how to bulletproof your retirement. We're gonna discuss that at our upcoming webinar on Tuesday, May 18th, 7 p.m. live online. You need to register for this. So go to morethanmoneyradio.com. That's morethanmoneyradio.com
0: to register. You may, you may have access to new markets and new investments, Stick around after the break. We're gonna explain to you what you may have access to. You're on 770 CHQR and more than money. Welcome back here with Dave Faisal on 770 CHQR and more than money. This show is about education. It's about finance. It's about lifestyle. And I think one of the things that I'm most proud of is the fact that we keep people educated about what's happening, not just in the markets and lifestyle, but what their options are. Um, And and this segment in the show is going to be about education because there's some changes here for regular investors, what we call retail investors, and what they can get access to.
1: Yeah, let's look back in time where there were opportunities for the average investor to go out and buy, let's call them securities, investments, usually stocks, bonds, mutual funds, GIC, stuff like that. There was another market out there that's called the exempt market right. that um, you actually either had to be in the know, you had to know who was involved, you had to be a certain type of investor, um, or you had to be a, a portfolio manager, institutional money manager, similar to what we are. Right. Or have uh, a certain
0: amount of wealth, right, or, yeah. or, or income, you to qualify.
1: right, to qualify. You had to qualify. Right. And I think what, what the Alberta Securities Commission is doing now is allowing more and more people access to these types of investments considering that some of these investments are a good opportunity for investors to get involved in. There's just a big hurdle they had to go over in the past so how do we how do we actually get them the exposure to these types of investments?
0: Without exposing them to risks they don't understand right So, so this is not for everybody necessarily but for those that are interested they'll have an opportunity to educate themselves about it and get access to these markets that they otherwise would have had access to.
1: Sounds like the free market. (laughs) Wow.
0: (laughs) Well, listen, we've got Denise Weirs, who's the director of New Economy, Alberta Securities Commission. She's going to help us understand what these changes are. Denise, welcome to the show.
3: Hi. Thanks for having me.
0: All right. Hopefully we did some justice to what you're going to talk about here in terms of the setup. But why don't you start by telling us a little bit about what this new exemption is?
3: Sure. Happy to. So this exemption, uh, we call it the self-certified investor exemption, but you can call it the savvy exemption if you like. Um, It was when we just adopted here in Alberta and Saskatchewan um, on March 31. And it's actually, it's part of a broader slate of various initiatives for undertaking to try to, you know, see if there's ways we can better facilitate sort of access capital for Alberta businesses, but still protecting um, investors. You know, in particular, we've been looking at ways we could maybe help with, um, you know, some of the efforts for diversifying the economy and is there, you know, special or different uh, considerations in that space and sort of the technology space in raising money. Um, you mentioned, you know, sort of the uh, you know wealthy individuals and institutions, that's the you know, accredited investor exemption. and It is by far the most used. But when we did these um, consultations uh, in the last couple of years, what we heard is we really should be looking also at people who have you know financial or investment knowledge and letting them to participate as well. And so that's what this exemption's um, intended to, to focus on is sort of those people who are below those thresholds, you know, $200,000 income or $1 million dollars in assets, um, provided that they have you know investment uh, education or knowledge. So looking at things like you know a CFA designation, finance degree, an MBA. Uh, so there's a whole list of different, you know, designations and degrees that would qualify. Um, probably most significantly for like the av- more average person, you know, you don't maybe you didn't go to university. Um, there's a Canadian securities course that a person can take. And as long as they, you know, have at least $75,000 net income.
1: So, so Denise, there's um, two different categories from what I'm hearing is the ones who've got CFA holders, MBAs, lawyers, Um, they've got those kind of educational backgrounds. Generally those backgrounds also entail a higher income level along with that knowledge. For those who don't have that higher income level, there's the Canadian Securities course, but as long as they have seventy five thousand dollars and I heard net income, is that correct?
3: Yes. Yeah.
1: And that's not household, that's the individual.
3: So you can qualify um, if if you have the Canadian securities course. You can qualify either if you yourself have seventy five thousand dollars net income or household one hundred and twenty.
1: So that still takes you to a significant um, in, a three, six figure digit income mm-hmm. to get a seventy five thousand dollar net, or or a combination of the two to get one twenty net. This is a net income, which is interesting on that part versus a gross income. Right. Um,
3: and that's just if that you have that the income requirement doesn't apply if you have like finance degree or an MBA or you know one of the other sort of um, you meet one of the other
1: so what I like about this program is that um, it is requiring people to take a little bit of effort to get involved and we've yep. heard so many horror stories of people buying investments that are not um, listed on an exchange or available to it through the retail market via a a financial institution they are right. small companies um, providing some sort of product and things didn't go their way um, I had a conversation Denise with a with a person uh, that watches and listens to the show and they called out and they said I have this investment that's gone it's a real estate investment I qualified based on income but the thing went to zero I can't get my money I've lost a lot of money that I invest in this because the minimum amount to invest was $250,000 right now they're out a quarter million bucks, and I'm not saying the investment was a was the right investment, or wrong. Could it just been a, a bad timing or whatever. Like I'm not I'm not going here to critique the investment, but they didn't understand the exempt market. They didn't understand all of the ins and outs of that. So my question is, I have a lot of people that I know, MBAs, yep. CFAs, lawyers, who don't read all the documents that are out there that can tell you what could happen in a worst case scenario so from the alberta securities commission's perspective how how should investors protect themselves because they're going to get a 200 page document with some legal pieces and jargon that they may not understand um and it's it's the ability to purchase and yeah they can take their time to read it i don't know how many people read every single document on the example the om the offering memorandum or anything like that because that—that's my—I I can't fall asleep material, right. right? I use that for for curing <laughs> insomnia, and so yeah. how do how do, how do we protect those individuals who are really not understanding everything they're getting into, and 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 what what are some tips you can provide them?
3: Sure. So on this particular exemption, we built in some conditions to try and address those the, those issues that you just talked about. So in addition to sort of that financial, and um, you know investing education some of the other things are um you know there's a requirement that they can sign a document it's about eight pages long and it it goes through a bunch of uh different investment like special things that you know in the exempt market in the private market um you know there's different considerations so try to drive those home um you know explain to them the things that they should be asking um you know and need to understand and make them acknowledge multiple time. Yeah, I got that. I got that. I got that. That's part of it. Um, you know, we've been working with various parties um, trying to develop some more education in this space. We rolled up a of content on our website, um, talking to the National Angel Capital Organization. They're developing content for investors. So with this exemption, in addition to that, you know, document, we've also got limits on how much a person can invest. So if you're talking about investing in a public company uh, and you've got advice, you're getting investment advice on it, there's no limit. But if you're talking about like a private company, uh, early stage you know, uh, investment, then uh, the idea is this is supposed to give you experience investing, not lose your shirt. Um, so the uh, limits are uh, $10,000 in any one company um, in a calendar year and to sort of encourage diversification, what $250,000 in all you can afford to lose in one company, you know, spread it around. So $30,000 in year spread about Multiple companies. And it really is to help, you know, maybe the earlier stage young, uh, investor, you know, start to get some exposure, maybe be able to participate in some of these angel investor networks um, and, you know, get experience working with others and understand the space.
1: I like the fact that they've got limits on these dollar amounts. So you don't lose everything if you if you can risk ten thousand dollars and you have income level limits these are the things that we have to take into account yeah. when we take on a client yeah. right we have to look at their overall situation there's two things we also have to look at is it's called kyc know your client and it's kyp know your product right. if you don't understand it don't buy and i think that's one thing that we want to share with everybody and if you don't understand and you still are interested get the advice and information right. sit down with experts who understand this stuff and can explain it to you so you know the pros and cons we could be talking about this for hours but yep. i think i'm so excited about the opportunity for albertans to get into this but i'm also excited about the fact that we are having some rules and some understanding on uh, under, understanding on how to actually purchase these investments so denise thank you so much for uh, for joining us today on this on the great topic
3: Yeah, thank you so much. We really hope to help get the word out so people understand the options available to them. So I appreciate the opportunity to speak with you. Where
1: where can they get more information if they want to invest or want to understand how these new rules apply?
3: Sure. We tried to roll out some plain language web content on our website. So um, albertasecurities.com, you can uh, find it there um, under the small business section of our website.
0: Great, Denise. Thank you very much. We've been uh, joined by Denise Weir, Director of New Economy, Alberta Securities Commission. Uh, We have to make sense of all of this stuff, total wealth. It's private companies, it's public companies, it's closely held businesses, it's land and real estate, all of those things. We're going to discuss that at our upcoming webinar.
1: And that's the five pillars of our investment strategy that helps individuals transition to and live in retirement, if you want to learn about those five pillars. We'll be explaining it to you on Tuesday, May 18th, 7 p.m., live online. Now you need to register for this, so go to morethanmoneyradio.com. That's morethanmoneyradio.com to register.
0: You know, our Calgary's neighborhoods, is Calgary's infrastructure ready for you as you retire? Stick around after the break. You're on 770 CHQR and more than money. Welcome back. You're here with David Faisal on 770 CHQR and more than money. Faisal, we might, uh, I, I think Calgary still has the youngest Look at this.
1: What? Look at this. This is great. Yeah, I'm cutting you off for a reason, Dave. Because what? this article that I've been reading, yeah, um, talks about how terrible
0: our city is. Yeah, well, I was going to say we 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 have the youngest population, but the fact of the matter is, there's so many people retiring and aging that even with a young city like Calgary, okay, it was shocking to see that we might be ill-equipped to service people as they age. The infrastructure in our neighborhoods. So, so one piece that came out of the article
1: is 204 neighborhoods are in the process of aging. First of all, I had no idea we had 204 neighbor, neighbor, neighborhoods in Calgary. Yeah. Uh, secondly, because I think of them as quadrants, not just in individual neighborhoods, but also that they're all aging and um, we're not very well equipped. So let's let's right. talk about this because this is going to be a big impact on the future of Calgary as well.
0: Yeah well I see why you cut me off here because you thought I was going to introduce introduce our guest right away instead of just talking about a young population but we're aging irrespective of you are aging the rest (laughs) of us are are young (laughs) (laughs) so Dr. Young Young Lee who is a PhD at the University of Calgary the Faculty of Social Work she's a professor there um, and there's a study here Dr. Lee first of all welcome to the show there's a study that we want to reference and get your input on Uh, now this study was done um, well in fact rather than me explain it why don't you tell us a little bit about what you were studying and what the purpose or the goal of the study was. Uh,
4: okay, first of all, thank you for having me. So that the project, the research project is still ongoing right now. Uh, the Probably the article you read about is our kind of first phase of the finding, which is we are looking at civic census data of the Calgary population uh, focusing on neighborhoods. So we are looking at how many 65 and older people living in individual community so we're able to look at their the community has more density in terms of aging population less density so there was a first uh, criteria we tried to look at and also we want to look at that what is the accessibility of the individual community so we tried to overlay those two statistics and we were able to identify while there are more aging population compared to other community, but their accessibility score is quite poor Which is we thought oh, then that community needs some Help some change because there are more aging pers- people living in the community But the accessibility even though the accessibility we calculated was in general It's not specifically focusing on aging population But that was the uh, our first finding we so far have that and then it's like I said it's ongoing and then I'm happy to elaborate further while we're having uh, these conversations but yeah that's that's where we are right now
1: so, so to understand what so far what you've got as data the data is saying that there are certain neighborhoods in the city that have a high concentration or density of, of aging individuals I'm gonna call them 65 year and older in those areas the neighborhood is not aging friendly. Is that fair to say?
4: In terms of accessibility specifically for now, yes.
1: Okay so when you say accessibility and let's even add on amenities to that what do you mean by that?
4: So the way we are looking at accessibility for right now is so we look at um, Accessibility to the necessary uh, resources like grocery store, hospital, uh, library, clinic, something like that. And then, how it's easier uh, to get there through walking or using transit. That's how we calculate the accessibility score. And then, it turns out different neighborhoods have a different amenity in their nearby neighborhood or in their neighborhood. That's why. The accessibility score looks differently among the uh, neighborhood or community in Calgary.
1: So we've used um, walking and transit. Many people over the age of 65 still like to drive. Was that part of your analysis? And if not, why not?
4: We assume, so because we are looking at 65 and older, we are assuming uh, they are more and more likely to lose drive, and then they are more, more likely to depend on other uh, uh, transportation. So we could look at the driving in terms of accessibility, but for this, we only look at walking score and then uh, transit score using public transportation.
1: So if any of you listeners out there or viewers are saying, wait a minute, I'm over 65 and I still want to drive my car and you're not happy with that comment, just send an email to Dave Popovich. Get mad at him because he wanted me to ask that question. So I think that's that's an interesting piece with right. the change in technology such as companies like Uber and taxis and so forth, that will also make it accessibility. Could we, would you be looking at changing the the parameter, the variables to include that? because? there are some neighborhoods in Calgary that regardless within a five kilometer drive or whatever kilometers, use five as the number transit or walking it is still terrible to get those amenities right but there are a lot that may not be able to walk to or have easy transit is that a transit issue or because they they can take an uber or they can get uh, drive themselves that that's still within that five kilometer do you see that that where I'm kind of Mm -hmm. going with this is that it may not be as bad as we think, because when I read the article, I'm like, "Oh my god!" And then I had to realize that it was we were looking at two forms of transportation: either by foot or by city transit. That could be a city transit right. issue, even though many, uh, many people over the age of sixty-five are taking Uber or driving themselves. Yeah,
0: uh, Dr. Lee, what are there specific communities that you can identify uh, for us in this that you've got you've got concerns given the criteria you've laid out?
4: yes so i have the table right now just in case of i'm getting this question so if you are interested in the specific name of name of the neighborhood i have to go over very quickly Uh, so basically we are looking at the the percentage of the 65 older population at the individual community and then according to whos the world health organization definition there is different uh, criteria. So when there is more than 7% of 65 and older, they call aging society and there are more than 14, they call aged society. And then there is another uh, criteria, which is there are more than 20% they call super aged uh, society. So we adopted that criteria. So we identify which community is a super aged community. And we were able to identify 26 super aged community in Calgary. And then, and add on right. that, we overlay, like I said, accessibility score. So, when there are super aid society and super aid community, where is a poor accessibility score? And then we came up with Cedar, Shawnee Slope, Maple Ridge, Point McKay, Parkland, Greenwood, Greenbrier, City, and uh, I, I don't really know how to say it correctly. I think it's Midnapur, the name of the neighbor. Midnapore, yes.
1: yeah. Yes. So is that the lower on your score or higher on your
4: score? Uh, those are... Do they score well or do they...? Those are 1st meet the criteria in terms of Super A's, and then those are accessibility score is below average of the entire city. Below
0: average. Roger.
1: Do we have the opposite on your list there? Which ones did very well, above average on the score?
4: Oh, it is in my raw file, the raw data. I haven't really uh, ranked order right now in, in front of me. But
0: Okay, yeah. we'll do that in a follow-up. We'll do that in a follow-up.
1: We're going to pass the grade. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> like I'm at home in my report card. <laughs> exactly. Which
0: ones did you do terrible
2: at? Uh-huh. <laughs>
0: Oh, that one. What about the other one as well? We're not focusing on that. We're going to focus.
4: See the bright side. Dr. Yeah.
0: Lee. We're quickly running out of time. I, I I want to thank you for taking some time to share the, uh, to share your study, the work you're doing. I get it's ongoing. We'll keep in touch, um, and we look forward to the conclusions and what can be done about improving the infrastructure accessibility and so forth. Right. I think you're asking some really good questions about uh, you know other elements that could be included to help overcome some of those deficiencies. So thank you, Dr. Lee, for your time today.
4: Can can I actually make a, one last quick announcement, <laughs> if you have a time sure, for that? Sure. So, like I said, this research is still ongoing, and now we are at the stage of actually uh, recruiting the older adults living in specific community for data collection. So, if anybody who are listening to this TV uh, radio show who are sixty five and older, and if they are living in uh, out of the the following eight community, which is I'm gonna name it. Shawnee Slope, Hounsfield Heights, Varsity, Chinatown, Marlborough, Fresh Lawn, Abbeydale, and Settle Ridge. If you guys are living one of those communities, please contact me and I'm happy to uh, recruit them as participants for my research.
1: Fantastic. Any of you watching or listening to this, feel free to reach out to us at morethanmoney.ca. We will pass on Uh, the information to uh, Dr. Lee as well Uh, if you're interested in participating in her study this is fantastic I think this is some good information not only for us to understand how the city is but also helps us understand how we need to change in the city some sort of planning policy structure so this is a great job thank you Dr. Lee.
0: We've been joined by Dr. Young Jung Lee uh, who's a PhD University of Calgary faculty of social work uh, professor there um, we have got to make sense of the whole lifestyle. I mean, clearly where you choose to live is part of the lifestyle, right? How you plan to live. Um, what experience your money is going to provide to you, right? That is the focus of our upcoming uh, webinar.
1: Yeah, and that will be talking about all your benefits of lifestyle and bulletproofing your retirement on May 18th, 7 p.m. Live online. Now you need to register for this webinar. So go <clears> to <throat> morethanmoneyradio.com. That's
0: morethanmoneyradio.com to register. All right, join us after the break as we pull everything together. We're, uh, you're on 770 CHQR and more than money. Welcome back here with David Faisal on 770 CHQR and more than money. Um, Faisal, there was an interesting article that you were reading um, that we were referencing. Can I just set this up a
1: little bit different? Because okay. I do this to you all the time. Poor poor Dave Popwitch. So because I have no life and I do all this early in the morning, I wake up very early i do i do quite about a bit of reading about three to two to three hundred pages worth of reading every morning yep. looking at all the information analysis data so forth that's happening around the world i've been doing this for many many years decades in fact and that's just been part of my habit and then when i come across some data i get very excited and i go hey dave here and i throw these papers on his desk and I say, hey, here, read this because it's cool. You got to understand it. And Dave's like, shut up with some of the words he puts on <laughs> after that. And then and then off I go. But I do that not only to you. Everybody else in the office, I'm like the mailman in the morning as I come in. And you got to read this and you got to read this. And, you... and so this, this set of data has really caught my attention because it's now, I call it level three data. Level Good. one is initial ideas. Level two, some more subsequent information. Level three is now confirmation data. And confirmation data, to me, is something where I start getting really concerned or, thought, or thinking about. Um, in this data, uh, which, which is confirming some of the theses that we've been talking about for a few weeks now,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and one of them is um, this market is, uh, is posed to potentially take a pullback, okay. a, another bear market. And and let me give you some data that I'm talking about. Number one is, when you look at today going forward for the next ten to fifteen years, you need to take some assumptions of economic growth and how companies are performing in, and, and the next ten years rates of returns. Mm-hmm. And I'm getting some of this data from FP Financial Planning Canada. Mm, they're not they're not seven, eight, nine, ten percent rates of return. Right. They're six percent and lower. So FP Canada, some great work on forecasting future rates of return. So those are low. So that's, that's the second level that got me thinking, okay, what needs to happen to get these numbers in order? Cause we're, we're tracking way higher numbers in the past 10 years. How's that going to happen in the next 10 years? Well, there's got to be a pullback in the market to get those averages to work out. Right. Okay. Where's the, where's the issues? So the issues are when it comes to inflation, interest rates, how does valuation of companies look and so forth there is now enough data and i'm not going to spend all my time talking about it, what the data is but the data is now saying get ready for another bear market okay so here's where it comes the problem people have been happy seeing their numbers in their portfolio they see double digit high double digit numbers 20 30 40% depending upon the, the structure of your portfolio and at some point we're going to have a bear market we're going to have another crash i'm calling it now we're going to have another crash. Is your portfolio ready for that? Are you ready for that? And let's say I'm, my thesis is correct. that It happens, let's say, five or ten years from now. So now we're all five or ten years older. Our views on the world have changed, and we're going to have another crash. Right. So what happens to people's mindset? What's the, the managers of the money, what's their strategy to protect you? Because I'm saying five to ten years. That
0: doesn't mean it's not going to happen next year. Yeah. Well, here uh, memories are short right we talk about this all the time Oh my God. and what was particularly unique about this past pandemic uh, recession uh, is how sharp it was on the downside how sharp it was on the recovery and that allows people's memories to be very short right 0809 if you were an all tsx investor it could have taken seven years to recover right you don't forget that as easily as you forget four months right and my my concern is exactly what you said we know there's something coming Uh, The data is telling us there's areas that we need to be concerned about, but people forget about it, right? And remember, we said this at the time. There was a lottery win, how fast things recovered. Oh, yeah. Okay? The question is, what did you do differently? So let's say you went through that. You were distinctly uncomfortable with the performance, okay? The downside that you had, and you didn't change anything. That's a lottery win. I have a problem. I know there was a problem. I experienced the problem. I'm out of the problem. I don't change it. Okay? You can't do that. Fast forward. What we were talking about 5 or 10 years, you're 5 or 10 years older. You don't think that your portfolio is and your lifestyle is going to be more sensitive at that particular period of time? What are you going to do?
1: An international hedge fund manager was talking to me about this problem. And he goes it's very similar to drunk driving. Right. I'm like, "What?" He goes, "There are people that will drink to the point they're intoxicated they cannot drive they still drive they get home safely right. and they think oh, I'm okay right no you're lucky you to get caught or kill somebody right what a very interesting analogy this manager has told me about I'm like I never thought of people's mindset when it comes to their money similar to when people get behind of a wheel right in, when they're when they've been drinking very interesting like as long as I don't get caught or no one gets hurt I'm good right because it, the simplest move for for a person who's been drinking is to get a ride, call an Uber, get a taxi, have a friend that's sober take you. Those are the answers. Right. When it comes to a portfolio, same thing. All they have to do is look at the structure, look at how the volatility metrics are of that of that portfolio, right. and what are the strategies if things don't work out. Right. Very simple.
0: Structure and discipline, right? Superpowers. Superpowers.
1: Right. And so those are the things that I, I found very interesting when this. This manager was talking to me saying drunk driving is similar to investing money.
0: All right. So, what do people do? Right. So, let's say that th- th- there's somebody listening and says, Yeah, you know what? I did have that experience. Where it was uncomfortable. And whew, I feel pretty good that I've recovered. OK. Uh, but I didn't change anything. What now, does a person do?
1: Now's the time to review the entire strategy of your portfolio and what goals is it linked to? All right. Let's, let's stick in the world of retirement if it's designed for retirement or long term. Um, now you got to decide. What volatility are you comfortable with? Number two, does the person who's giving you that volatility, that portfolio, whoever's managing that portfolio, is that person have the skill set to, to weather the storm? Because they just showed you they couldn't. Right. Or do they just have the will of the market and their response to everything is right. just hang in just there? Just hang in there, yeah. Look long term, everything will work itself out. And they're right, but when it comes to retirement and you need funds to use for your future, Hang in, there's not the answer anymore. Right. And that's the biggest problem. I agree. So I think we need to to solve this. We we just went through a real life stress test. (laughs) And so how do we handle that stress test when it happens again? Right. Structure and discipline going forward. And is that structure
0: the right structure? Yeah, you got, we got lucky. We got lucky with how quickly it snapped back, right? That's your drunk driving example. We got home and we were okay. But that doesn't give you the right to do it again, particularly when you're getting older okay? and your uh, your needs are changing and becoming more complex. You always have to be adjusting that.
1: Think about how you were feeling 10, 12 years ago about the world and how are you feeling about the world now. Forget about investments. Your mindset has changed. If you've changed, shouldn't your portfolio adjust to your mindset?
0: Let's talk about how to do that.
1: Yeah, we're going to talk about that on Tuesday, May 18th, 7 p.m., live online. We're going to show you how to bulletproof your retirement. If you're interested, you need to register. Go to morethanmoneyradio.com. That's morethanmoneyradio.com to register.
0: I hope you join us. I think this, this, this education, the structure and discipline is critically important to people transitioning to or living in retirement. I want to thank you for tuning in to another edition of More Than Money. On behalf of Faisal and myself, we look forward to chatting with you next week.